0: 3AM Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of 3AM Tales of Terror, where we tell you stories of the paranormal. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your co-host, Charlie. And in today's episode, we're going to be telling you the story about Mansion Magnolia in New Orleans, Louisiana. So we're going to go back to Louisiana. I feel like we've been there a couple of times. a lot of ghosts there. Yeah, they do. It's, it's...
1: This is where we started.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> wow that was so long ago i know (laughs)
1: right oh my gosh
0: okay all right so i guess we'll just hop right into it and um so like on the the way that mansion is wrote when i looked it up it's it's like mansion so i think it's like supposed to be like spanish
1: you mean french
0: is it french okay it's louisiana's pretty french I don't know. I just... I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. But Let's it, just say mansion. We're just going to say mansion to save face and, and trouble. So... Okay. So the facade of Mansion Magnolia at 2127 Britannia Street is not for the faint of heart. Whitewashed walls the color of freshly fallen snow stand this property apart from the mauves and sandy yellows of the houses around. A hint of sky blue peeks out from under the veranda ceiling. Legend says that the blue prevents any evil spirit from entering the home. Architectural history says that the blue mimics the sky and functions as a deterrent for birds looking to nest. So, I guess, you know, (laughs) whichever one you want to believe. They're probably both true. Who knows? 11 ornate Corinthian columns encircle the massive wraparound veranda. To any tourist meandering past, Mansion Magnolia is an eye-catcher, and it is, unsurprisingly, the most photographed location in the New Orleans Garden District. But this antebellum mansion, known as the gateway to the historic Garden District, is more than just a pretty picture. It is a pure testament to an era of family tragedies and celebrations and a dedication to helping others. And, according to employees and guests of the Boutique Hotel, Mansion Magnolia is home to not only an interesting history of New Orleans families, but also to the ghosts who still haunt this beautiful location. After all, Mansion Magnolia has received numerous accolades about its hauntings and has been featured in the number one top ten haunted homes for sale in 2011. USAtoday.com's 20 greatest places to sleep with a ghost and Destination Travel Magazine.com's Haunted Holidays series all in 2011 among others. But who exactly is haunting the Mansion Magnolia? With so much history and momentous events occurring on the sing- on one single property, it's almost difficult to say.
1: Now we're going to talk about some history of the Mansion Magnolia. The early Harris years. In 1857, this Greek revival mansion was commissioned by Alexander Harris as a gift for his new bride, Elizabeth Lizzie (laughs) Johnson-Thompson. (laughs) Johnson-Thompson, sorry. Lizzie, it should be noted, was still a minor when the marriage was officiated. Nevertheless, Harris decided to build a grand estate for his bride. And let's be honest, though, he probably did so as a way to show off his incredible wealth. Alexander Harris was a successful cotton merchant. He purchased this property from a man named Rufus McKillenney in 1857 for $12,000, and no doubt spent an even larger sum on the house that he intended to live in with his blushing bride. After commissioning architect James H. Calro and the builder William K. Day to construct one of the most opulent homes in the Garden District, it would be two years before the house was completed. And fun fact! Norfolk architect Cal Rowe also designed the former home of vampire author Anne Rice at twelve thirty-nine First Street. Unfortunately, tragedy made itself a permanent residence within the Harris family home. In the summer of 1869, just 11 years after the Harrises moved in, Alexander Harris fell victim to yellow fever, New Orleans' most ruthless killer. But the curse of yellow fever was not over, not just yet. Another victim was Alexander's own brother, Aaron Harris, who died at his home at 35 Bourbon Street. More strangely, the two brothers died less than 24 hours apart, and their funerals held on the exact same day, July 20th, 1869, at the brothers' respective homes. Aaron's was first at 10 a.m. at 35 Bourbon Street, and then Alexander's was second at 5 p.m. at the Harris family home at 2127 britannia street the aftermath of the harris brothers deaths resulted in an even more bizarre turn of events lizzie alexander harris's widow wanted to ensure that her sister-in-law henriette received nothing from the harris family fortune ma'am ma'am what are you doing that's not how that works (laughs) but she sued henriette for a sum of eight thousand four hundred dollars that was allegedly owed to Alexander by Aaron Harris some time before his death. But Henriette had nothing, her husband having been worth very little when he died of yellow fever, and she was forced to convert her home at thirty five Bourbon Street into a boarding house in order to support her five children. And that too was not enough and shortly after Henriette lost her family home. So Lizzie a bitch. Mm-hmm. Because, like,
0: what the fuck? They're supposed to be family. Supposed. Like, literally, both of your husbands died within 24 hours of each other, and you can't even be there to help support each other? Give me your
1: money. I know. <laughs> so what happened to Henriette and her children? We'll never quite know, but it seems safe to say that Lizzie was perfectly satisfied with the way things turned out. Her husband had barely been interred in the tomb before she courted another man, Carniel Burke. What are you doing? Okay, we're not a fan of Lizzie. (laughs) (laughs) She courted another man, Carniel Burke, whom she married July 28th, 1871. So it was like two years after, though. She waited two years at least to get married. Yeah, but... And the Harris Mansion at 2127 Pretania Street. Alexander Harris's once blushing bride felt no attachment to the property her husband had built and she sold it just a few years later. Okay. So we don't like Lizzie. Mm -mm.
0: That no, we don't like Lizzie. That's ridiculous. Okay. So tragedy strikes again with the McGinnis family. Lizzie Harris, then Burke sold the property to John Henry McGinnis and his family in 1879. For a period of time, things went very well. The McGinnis family owned one of the largest cotton mills in New Orleans. In 1881, John and his older brother purchased the land for McGinnis Cotton Mill, which still stands in the Warehouse District. The cotton mill brought endless fortune to the McGinnis family, just as it brought endless turmoil to its employees. It wasn't uncommon for mill workers to work 10 to 12 hour long shifts and the hazards of job were incredibly dangerous. Historians James Leloudis and Catherine Walbert have written that constantly breathing in cotton dust contributed to lung problems such as bisonosis or as it was more commonly known brown lung. Death wasn't uncommon in cotton mills, nor was it unheard of for workers to lose fingers, arms, or for small children to even become caught in the machinery. Why are small children in the mills, anyways?
1: It's still the 1800s. Still. Oh my God.
0: Tragedy struck the homeowners of 2127 Britannia Street just 10 years after John McGinnis and his family moved in. On July 4, 1889, John was struck by lightning. I'm sorry, that's... <laughs> <I> know, that's- <laughs> the bad luck of these families seriously can't be competed with. News spread of John McGinnis's death, and while some people no doubt shared in the family's grief, others were less forgiving. Rumors spread that John's death by lightning was a show of, quote, divine retribution for the way he carelessly treated those in his employ. Should also point out that John's sister in law, the wife of his brother Arthur Ambrose, died a sudden death in 1887. What caused it, though? We don't know. John's daughter, Josephine, would later become one of the most sought after debutantes in all of New Orleans during the 1890s. She was crowned Queen of the Crew of Agronauts in 1892 and Queen of the Mystic Crew of Comus. In 1893. After her mother's death in 1921, the family property was bequeathed to Josephine, who kept it until 1939.
1: Upon a new generation, hope, cures, and liberty. When Josephine McGinnis sold the 2127 Britannia in 1939, she sold it to the American Red Cross. For the entirety of World War II and the Korean War, 2127 Britannia, the old Harris McGinnis mansion, was home to employees and volunteers of the Red Cross who dedicated their lives to helping others. A school center for first aid and hospital service were all programs in operation at the mansion. Unfortunately, the cost of upkeeping a chapter of the Red Cross was incredibly high, nearly $3 million each year that its doors were open. By 1954, the chapter closed and the American Red Cross sold the property to Dr. Dr. Clyde E. Crasson's once again converted it to a private residence the mansion magnolia today it was not until the early 2000s that 2127 britannia became a bed and breakfast and later on a boutique hotel between owners the property underwent two and a half year renovation that maintained its historical appeal while still ensuring that it met the expectation of its guest and is also handicap accessible now With 15 guest rooms throughout the property, this almost 200-year-old residence is a place of charm and history mingled together to exude sophistication and timeless elegance. Antique furniture decorate the rooms, and each of the nine suites are appropriately themed. Gone with the Wind, Napoleon's Rendezvous, and Vampire's Lover's Lair are just some of the themed suites at the Mansion Magnolia. Kim, one of Mansion Magnolia's innkeepers, said during a visit that many of the hotel's repeat guests are theme obsessive, making sure to either stay in the same suite each time they visit, or to try a new one when they book their next day. But, as beautiful and warm as the Mansion Magnolia is, there's no denying that some of its guests are more permanent ghostly figures. So now, what we're gonna get into the haunting
0: of the hauntings of mansion magnolia okay with so much tragedy having occurred in this location it should be no surprise that mansion magnolia is considered one of the most haunted places to stay in new orleans even while wandering through the property during one of your visits you may run into guests with paranormal plans kim and yaz the innkeepers have expressed that while you can't guarantee you will see ghosts, more often than not, the ghosts of the hotel are more than willing to make their otherworldly presence known. So ghost tales of the innkeepers. Kim and Yaz, the innkeepers of the mansion Magnolia, were quick to disclose that they both have experienced paranormal activity on a regular basis at the hotel. Downstairs on the first floor property, Yaz was watching TV one night. Nothing, it should be said, was out of the ordinary. He switched the TV off, but as he moved away, the TV abruptly turned back on. The unexpected noise, no doubt, sounded even louder and more jarring, considering that silence had reigned only moments before. On the first floor of the hotel, paranormal activity occurs regularly. Yaz will close up for the night, making sure to lock each and every door, but the locks always unlatch within moments, those doors sometimes opening even though there's no one else around if i lock a door <laughs> if i lock a door and it unlocks itself again like and then just opens and then opens we're we're done i'm <laughs> out peace out cuz what if it was what if he was trying to lock like the front door and like the front door to the hotel or i guess to the mansion I don't know, like, and then you go to bed with the doors unlocked, and it's people know like my that
1: shower door. I try to close it, and it just opens. Maybe, and then I have to not completely close it, and it'll stay shut. Thanks, Sheena. I hope you're listening. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god! Up on the second floor, in the front entryway, the brilliant and bold red room instantly transports you to Antebellum New Orleans. Doors lead to suites like Napoleon's Rendezvous on the left, and to the right is the parlor and dining area. The entranceway is lit by beautifully intricate chandeliers. Each night, Kim dims the light to a soft, soothing glow. She'll leave to go and do something else, even sometimes for just a few minutes at a time, but when she returns, the lights have been turned all the way back on. Every night, I turn off the lights, Yaz said, And every night the lights are turned back on. And Kim pointed out that it could be guests. Yas said it could be, but there are no guests downstairs. One time I turned the TV off three times, and each time it popped back on. After that, I said, You know what? Do you want to? I'm leaving. What ghosts or spirits may be responsible for this? Kim and Yaz aren't certain, but they wholeheartedly believe that whatever paranormal energy remains in the mansion Magnolia, it is kind-hearted and harmless. Not if they're trying to keep the doors unlocked. They probably didn't even lock their doors now. They're probably like, hehe. heh. Probably. From their perspective, the ghost simply wants the lights on for the property's guests. Or they just are afraid of the dark
1: a ghost afraid of the dark (laughs) who knows now the haunted vampire lover's lair decked out in deep sensual colors and dark wood the vampire lover's lair is possibly the most haunted room in all of mansion magnolia orbs and apparitions have been caught on camera or visibly seen by guests only recently a woman staying in this room went to pass by the mirror when she turned and caught the reflection of a man stepping into the room She figured that it was her husband, and she proceeded into the bathroom to get ready for bed, but upon returning back to the main part of the room, she realized that her husband was nowhere to be found, and the sheets, well, the sheets were completely untouched. She only grew more confused when the door to the suite opened and her husband stepped through. Immediately, she asked why he'd come and gone, but he hadn't. He'd stepped outside for a cigarette and hadn't come back into the room at all for the last twenty or so minutes. The reflection spotted in the mirror, clearly it wasn't her husband, but a ghost, a spirit of a man who still makes himself at home at Mansion Magnolia. Other guests have reported that while staying in the haunted vampire lover's lair suite, they wake around 2.30 to 3 a.m. to feel a cold breeze skate across their skin as if someone or something is stroking their skin. The bronze statue. It was a few years ago when a particular couple was staying at the Mansion Magnolia. They'd gone shopping down our Royal Street, as most visitors do when they visit New Orleans, and had purchased a 19th century bronze statue. After spending the entire day wandering wandering the Crescent City, they were exhausted by the time they returned to 2127 Britannia for the night. They got ready for bed and placed their newly acquired antique statue on the desk behind the bed. The couple gave each other a goodnight kiss and promptly dove for the covers to get some much-needed shut-eye. In the middle of the night, they were awoken by the sounds of metal grating against metal. It was unbearable, like nails scratching down a chalkboard, but they reasoned that someone was moving furniture around upstairs. Burrowing deeper into the covers, the couple succumbed to the power of sleep once more. The next morning, the wife noticed something strange. Her shoes had been moved. Her husband looked at her, brows arched at this, say, are you sure? The wife knew, though. She knew that she had left her shoes by the door. She found them that morning by the bathroom. As they gathered their belongings, the couple went to grab the bronze statue only to realize that it had been completely turned around so that its face was turned the opposite way. The scraping sound they realized was not from someone rearranging furniture, but their statue being moved. But who or what ghost had moved it? Okay, that's that's kind of creepy. <laughs> like, can you
0: imagine being like, "Oh, somebody's just moving" And then you're like, oh, I, mean,
1: I would have left the statue in my bag to begin with.
0: Right. Why did they even bring it out? Or why didn't they put it in their car? Yeah, or just leave just, it in the car? They just
1: sat it on the desk, which is behind the bed. Weird setup.
0: No, it was, it was beside the bed. You
1: read it wrong. Oh. <laughs> They're- also, if I had to say vampire lover's lair one more time. <laughs> I <know. laughs> so
0: I just, I don't know. Why? Yeah. What? That's my biggest question, though. Is why did they bring it inside? Why is it inside? Why didn't you leave it in your car? Like, what? What happened? What would happen if you, somebody broke into your hotel room and then just took it? Like, well, it's
1: probably in there so
0: they could beat someone to death
1: with it. Why would you need to do that though? Well, why would someone break into their room to steal it? I don't know. Why? That's why you just leave it in your car. Why is the carpet wet, Margot? I don't know. No. What is that? Christmas vacation. National Lampoons. Oh, I, I don't remember. Oh no, It's been stuck in my head since before Christmas.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. So the ghostly children of Mansion Magnolia. Mansion Magnolia is a haven for romantic destination getaways. The courtyard outside is perfect for weddings, and the restaurant on the first floor can easily cater up to around 300 people. Within New Orleans, Mansion Magnolia can easily be called the it place for anything and everything romantic from honeymoons to proposals to renewal of vows. And it will. (laughs) What this means, however, is that Mansion Magnolia is an adults only location. What this means then is that when guests constantly report upon hearing the sounds of children laughing, employees have no other option but to politely inform the guest that Mansion Magnolia seems to be a hot spot for children, or rather the ghost of children. <laughs> a lot of guests have said that they hear children at night, Kim said it'll be in the dead of night around four in the morning when they hear them. Yaz said, you'll hear their small feet running up and down the stairs, but we don't allow children. Guests have reported finding tiny handprints in the bathroom rugs or even in the tubs themselves. Others have actually seen the apparitions of children and heard the ghostly sounds of children's, of childish giggles. Personal belongings like shoes and hairbrushes are moved around the room One can only imagine that the spirits of these children are enjoying playing jokes upon the Mansion Magnolia's guests. Who are these ghostly children, however? That's a question that many people have speculated upon, but no answers have truly been discovered. The ghost of a young girl was once spotted right outside of Mansion Magnolia by a passing tourist across the street from the property. The tourist, realizing that the young girl was all alone, decided to go and ask where her mother was. The tourist looked up, intending to cross the street, only to find the little girl abruptly standing less than a foot away. When the girl opened her mouth to speak, water poured out, splashing onto the concrete and wetting the tourist's shoes. That's called a fuck that. Can you imagine?
1: You can't see the concern and disgust on my face oh well, right i can like, see it but like they can't like, oh just ooh.
0: <sighs> not even that it's just like gosh it's like those scary movies where you're like oh you see something across the street and then you're like
1: oh, oh boom
0: well let me go look at it and then you turn around in two seconds it's in your freaking face and then face. it vomits water on you oh good Stop. Legend has it that this spirit was once the niece of the Garden District's first owner in the early 19th century, who drowned in a lake where Mansion Magnolia stands today. Is the ghost of the little girl responsible for all the harmless pranks occurring in the boutique hotel today? We might
1: not know. Staying at the Mansion Magnolia. Full of rich history and beautiful antebellum architecture, Mansion Magnolia is the perfect place for a relaxing weekend away or a joyous celebration among friends and family. Even if you aren't able to book your stay at this historical property, make sure to stop by to eat at the restaurant on the first floor. Less than a block away from the historic St. Charles streetcar line, Mansion Magnolia is excellently excellently situated between the Garden District, the heart of the Museum District, and the French Quarter. According to Kim, Mansion Magnolia is the hidden gem of the Garden District. Within moments of stepping inside, you will feel instantly transported to a different air. And as for the ghosts of this boutique hotel? Well, it seems like they're there to stay. But don't worry, they just want to welcome you to New Orleans' most breathtaking properties. And if you feel that cool breeze, whisper up your arm as you sleep. They're just saying hello.
0: Well, if you've ever stayed there, you know, let us know. And, um... You know, we'll post pictures of the hotel and stuff on the website. So if you don't know what it looks like and you want to go check it out, you can either, I guess, Google it or you can go to our website and check it out because that's what it's there for. So, (laughs) Also, I don't have any resources for this story because I just obviously just forgot to put them in. So I'm sorry, but I will put them on the website when I update it. So that way,
1: please don't sue us.
0: Yeah, I just don't. I forgot. I didn't put them in the notes, in the story, so I can't tell you what they are, because I don't know. So I'm just going to have to go back and re-Google everything about what hopefully I looked it'll up. it be
1: like purple, you know?
0: Yeah, hopefully it'll still be there and just be like, oh yeah, this is the website that you use. And eh, so we'll figure it out. But I'll post it on the website when I get to it. So that was the story of the mansion magnolia was there anything else you wow i hope that did not pick up my stomach
1: (laughs) that's what that was yeah that was my stomach (laughs) i'm hungry yeah i was gonna say i want like beignets now so (laughs) i should make will cook some tomorrow oh my god he makes a good beignet i don't know what that is it's like a donut. It's super soft and airy and then covered in powdered sugar. They're usually like little squares. They're fried. Never had that. Hmm. Well, you didn't know Louisiana was French either. No, I
0: did. I just didn't. Listen, it's fine. Whatever. Whatever. I'll stop making fun of you. <laughs> yeah, because we have a lot to make fun of you about how you can't speak. Can't
1: say words. Uh, you could just make fun of my pants, but... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. These are vintage. Officially. Thank you. Why? Because early 2000s is now considered vintage because it's 20 years old.
0: Yeah, and people who think that are stupid.
1: That were free though. <laughs> oh my God. I, anyways,
0: I hope you guys enjoyed the story and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and letting us tell you stories.
0: Don't forget, you can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at 3AMTalesOfTerror. You can find pictures from each episode there, as well as our website, 3, the number 3, 3AMTalesOfTerror.com.
1: You can also subscribe with your email at our website for updates as well. If you have any questions or story ideas for us, you can email us at info at 3AMTalesOfTerror.com. That's a three and not the word. If you
0: want to support us, you can sign up to become part of our Patreon. There, you will get ad-free episodes as well as bonus content.
1: We hope you'll join us next week. And And we hope you are
0: terrified.